Shalom Macon will be streaming all of our High Holy Day services on our YouTube channel. Go to shalommacon.org for the complete schedule. Thanks for joining us. So my question is, how is your tension? How is your tension? You have to, you have, to have heard last week for that to make sense, but I'm talking about your, 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 uh, your tension cable, the, the stretching that goes on between us and our connection to God. Did you tune into your tension this week after hearing about it last week? Did you seek out any areas of tension in your life? I know at least one person who did because he called me and told me about it. He, he was, uh, you know, th- this cord and the, the tension and the strain, it's not just God. It's between us and other people too because we're all... That's the one thing that we have in common with Adam. We're all connected. Humanity is connected. And so you talk about the tension and the distance between you and God, but we can feel that in the same way between each other and between other people. And so one of the Shalom Macon members called me and said, you know what? I did something about it. I called, I had a business deal that went bad a couple of years ago. Well, somebody didn't, didn't do things right, didn't treat me right. So I called him up, and I settled it out. And that might seem like, you know, one little thing, but it's something. And it's, it's less stress and less tension in his life. It's less tension in his relationship with that other person. He probably will not do any business deals with this guy going forward, but they can go on together. Oh, what difference does that make? That's a, it makes a huge cumulative difference over time when you continue to do those things and seek them out. And, but there's a bigger accomplishment and difference that that makes. That is a representation of a disciple of Yeshua. That is a representation of someone who takes the words, extend forgiveness, very, very, very close to their heart. That is an example of someone who honors God's Torah by saying, I will not hate a brother in my heart. There's a lot that that does, but you know what it is? It's what we call progress. You want to know something? Progress, what's the, what's the key to happiness? What is the key to a fulfilled life? You want that magic answer? It's easy, progress. Progress. Progress, though, not Perfection. And sometimes a little bit of progress feels like a load off, a tension release, a drawing nearer to God, a drawing nearer to someone else, and that's really what it is all about. So today I want to talk about your favorite topic. That's a pretty bold statement. How do I know what your favorite topic is? Oh, I know for certain, actually. It's not just a guess. And I know this because I know people. Any guesses about what your favorite topic is? You got it. You. 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 That's your favorite topic. Listen, you want to know something? That's okay. Right now, that is, that is okay. There's nothing wrong with that. It's okay to be thinking about you. And I heard Rabbi Shmuel Reichman say something wonderful, which, which applies Outside of that statement, it applies to the bigger picture of life. He said, if your vision is so small that you are at the center of it, it will never succeed. 
If your vision is so small that you are at the center of it, it will never succeed. Now, that is a, that's a bigger picture thing. But, but right now, right now, that, that the order being love God, love people. So remember that quote, but right now things are different. And listen to me, I hate to be so cliche, but all of the change, all of the repair, all of the progress, all of this starts with you. It starts with you. The holidays are about things between you and God, between you and other people. And the last and very important thing, between you and you. Transforming you so that you can demonstrate your love of God to others. Now, I know God's okay with that. Because as I told you last week, your God connection has probably been stretched over the last year. And that affects a lot of things. The tension that we feel, we call it conviction or whatever, the tension. So the sages, as we've talked about, they say, God comes to us. As the verse Isaiah 55, 6 states, seek God when he is to be found, call out to him when he is near. Our sages commented, this teaches us that there are times when God is to be found and times when God is not to be found, times when he is near and times when he is not near. When is he to be found and near? In the 10 days between Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur. Now, that might put you off a bit. God is not to be found? What are you talking about? God is God. He's everywhere. He can always be found. Well, just last week, we read the curses in Deuteronomy 28 for those who chose to disobey all of God's instruction. It says, basically, the heavens will be brass and the earth will be iron. Ask somebody in the Holocaust if you've ever felt God's absence in your life. Many people tried to find God, could not. Ask someone who's been exiled, who lives under an oppressive government, who deals with a horrible habit, a horrible addiction. Ask them if they always feel like God is ever around. There are times, Judaism teaches, when God just isn't that close. But for all, for everyone right now willing to look for in this incredibly important time, you can find he is near to listen to what you're hearing from God, to be in tune with what you're feeling, the emotions you're experiencing. Now listen, I am not down on my knees 24-7 seeking God on my face, praying. I'm not reading my Bible 24 hours a day, asking God to please reveal this deep truth to me that he's, that he's close, and I'm not doing that. But God is telling me plenty of things. He's telling me things through my conversations, my readings, the things I put in, my thoughts, things I observe going on around me, and I'm not special in any way. I'm just saying, I'm aware. I'm aware of the season. I'm aware of the proximity of God. And it is a tangible energy, for lack of a better word. Kelly and I have been having conversations about this. Just the feeling of the season. And you may not know that. But I want to do something, hopefully today, to help you get it. The king is in the field. Now that comes to us not from some wish or dream. This is a historical time 
of God's great forgiveness. This is the time when God, uh, Moses went up and asked God, please forgive us for the golden calf, for spitting in your face after you gave us this beautiful Torah. And what did God do? He drew near and met Moses there and let him, you know, see him pass by. Not really, but experience him. He was near. Yom Kippur, this is a biblical holiday. Read Leviticus 16. On this day shall be found atonement for Israel. This is a real thing that happens in the supernatural realm. But it's happening in the very natural and tangible realm. If you're aware of that, there is a popular book by my favorite uh, Buddhist conservative rabbi. How's that for a combination? Rabbi Alan Liu is like, it's a very, very famous book from years ago. He has passed on now. The book is called, uh, this, this is Real. It's about the high holidays. This is real, and you are completely unprepared. That's the title of the book. I want to change that today. This is real, but I want you to be prepared. And I've spent four weeks getting you to this point so that tomorrow we can get it started for real. You know, there's this other idea. The Shalosh Regalim, those are the three festivals in Israel where we are commanded, when the temple was standing, commanded to go to Israel, bring a sacrifice, bring a gift. What are they? What are the three festivals, the pilgrimage festivals? You get this free brochure of Israel if you answer it right. First is... Passover. Second is Shavuot. Third is Sukkot. These are called the Shalosh Regalim. They are the three biblically commanded pilgrimage to Israel. God says, get here. We go to the temple. We go for the meeting. Now missing from that list is something pretty important. Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur. The days of Elul, like the biggest Time that's happening in the calendar isn't on the list of commanded times to go meet God. But because it's so important to God that you meet Him, He will make the journey easier. He will loosen the cord. He will come to you. He'll draw near to you. Now I ask, isn't that worth some of your own time and reflection to draw near to Him? Isn't that worth traveling, investing in, so to speak, taking the time? Honestly, 99% of the world will have nothing to do with what God has revealed to you to be a part of. Think about that. 99 plus percent of the world has no clue what's been going on or what will go on. Isn't that worth taking a trip to meet him when he has come to meet you? The king is in the field well, I'm going to change that, just for illustration's sake. You know, the king is at the beach, because I love the beach. I, like, that's where I want the king to come and meet me. And so, imagine, I'm taking a trip, the king is at the beach. And we are going to spend time in the best condo imaginable, definitely water view, Everything is set right. 
It could be for you at the top of a glacier. It could be spelunking in a cave to find God. It could be in a field. I don't care where it is, but the king is there wherever you want to meet him. But here's the point. We spent all this time, you know, talking about preparing our hearts and minds for the high holidays because the king has invited us into his presence to go to him. But as I said above, it's very different than or before. It's a bit different than being commanded to go to Israel. Nothing wrong with a commandment. They're great. They're beautiful. Nothing wrong with it. But this is different. It's different than you have to do this. It's an invitation now to take a trip to meet him. And I know we're talking about real repentance, but this phase right now, right here, this is where real repentance really gets real for some reals, reallys, for real though. This is the culmination. You're invited, but you're not bringing anything with you because he's got something to give you when you get there. Taking a trip. What's a really important thing that you need to do when you go on a trip? Like, it's at, maybe not the top of the list, but if you're leaving home and going somewhere, there's something that you need to bring, something that you need to prepare, something that you need to do. What do you do? You pack a bag. I mean, you need some luggage, right? You need something to go with you. So, you got to have this something to wear. I mean, has, has anyone ever had the pleasure of having their luggage lost on an airplane, on a flight, and arriving where you are with what you got on? If you're lucky, there's some place you can go buy clothes. I mean, it, it's, it's stressful. So before you go on a trip, you pack all your stuff. You're bringing all your clothes. That includes your socks and underwear. Not real glamorous. But, especially if you're meeting the king, you're going to bring your best stuff. Now imagine for a minute, you've been invited. The king has invited you, and all of that stuff that you're putting in your suitcase and packing, those are your deeds from last year. Those are your deeds. For better or for worse. Your best clothes are the things that you pack because you want to impress the king with them. But you have a lot of socks and underwear, too. And, you know, you don't really want to share those, but you've taken the time to consider what you need to bring. And the packing, which can be compared to soul searching, is not fun. I hate packing. Who loves to pack? It's not fun. It's part of the process. It's inconvenient. And it takes some time. Nobody likes that. And then, on the day you're leaving to go meet the king, bags are packed. You've spent all the time you need to have everything there, you get a message from the king. Are you all packed? Have you thought thought through everything you're bringing? Yes, I am ready. I have thought it through. I'm ready. And he says, leave it all. Don't bring a bag. Don't bring a bag. Come as you are as David Crowder wrote the song for us. Leave it. Come as you are. And your response? No clothes? What am I supposed to? How's that going to work? What am I supposed to do? How am I supposed to do that? 
You don't need those anymore. Just trust me. Come as you are. And that's what we've been doing so far. That's what we've been doing. We packed our bags of deeds to bring to the king. That's Elul. That's Cheshbon HaNefesh. That's today. That's every moment up to the high holidays. But tomorrow night, Rosh Hashanah begins and the message is going to arrive. The king will send the message that says, leave that behind. Come as you are. And if you're willing to go, if you're willing to listen, if you're willing to invest, here's what can happen. The king will meet you as you are, but he won't leave you like that. You see, here's what, here's what he'll do. He'll hand you a, a, a temporary garment. And that'll get you out of that last bit of old stuff that you showed up in. And you'll put on your garment. It's not fancy, but it's king approved. And it's comfortable for hanging out with the king for the next 10 days. And at the end of that time, something amazing is going to happen because you see, you can't stay there forever. It's a trip. I mean, wouldn't it be great if we went on vacation forever, but then it's not vacation. You've got to go home. You have to go back. It's a, it's a trip. It's a special time and place where God is near and to meet with the king, but you've got to get out of there eventually. You've got to go back out there. And that's the way these trips work, up the mountain to the beach, out to the field, but you've got to go back to the real world, and he's going to ask you a question. I need to get the robe back, he's going to say. And panicked, you say, well, what am I supposed to wear home? I mean, this is all I got. And he says, come with me. And he takes you into a big room, beautiful room, big door, and opens the door, and you walk in, and it's a closet full of the most amazing, incredible clothing and shoes and whatever is, I don't care if you don't like clothing, for this store you gotta like clothes. <laughs> Spread before you is the most incredible wardrobe of things that you could ever imagine. And he takes you in and he says, this is custom picked for you, like perfect. Everything you want to wear, fresh, wrinkle-free, sharp, the finest clothing. And you try them on, and it's like, these pants are supernatural. Wow, I look good in these. Remember Billy Crystal from Saturday Night Live? You look marvelous. Well, this time you really do. And you try them on, and you feel fantastic. And he says, this is what I have for you to take home. This is the new you. You see, I saw your suitcase. Remember, I'm God. I was there when you packed it, even the socks and the underwear. And they weren't the cleanest. 
and even your best stuff, really, it had some holes in it. And the king says to you, so you know what? I don't really think you want to wear those clothes anymore. So I'm giving you the chance to start over a real chance. To start fresh, clean, beautiful. But it's your choice. Because the thing is, your suitcase is fully packed, still sitting outside your door at home where you left it. And you can go back to it, or you can take the gift that I'm going to give you. What do you want to do? So you had to pack a bag. You had to prepare for the trip. Little did you know what was waiting for you when you got there. And at the end of the trip, you got to go home. But when you get home, you are someone else. And I don't care about clothes, but who doesn't like to put on something really nice? A new pair of cowboy boots, whatever, a new suit, a new dress, a new matching purse, I don't know, whatever you're into. But when you put it on, you feel different. And you walk in and you feel good and people say, wow, you look great. And you say, oh my gosh, I feel great. I feel better like this. Because you have this new confidence. You're someone new, a new feeling about yourself. And you get home and you, know, you, you, you see that suitcase sitting there. And you know what's in it, the old you, what used to represent you. And, and in the mirror on some level to others, that's what you used to look like. But God offers this spiritual change of wardrobe, garment of good, garment of God. And when you make the decision and you get home and you see that suitcase there, the last thing you want to do is pick it up and put it on, even worse, don't donate it. Oh, I can't get rid of this. i got to give these to someone else. Trash it. <laughs> Throw it in the dumpster. You don't need it anymore. Or when it's all said and done, you can hand this right back to Hashem. And you say, it's been great. Thanks, but no thanks. And there in the corner of that majestic closet with every imaginable thing you could ever want or have is a little folded up pile, the old dingy, worn out clothes that you showed up in. And you can leave all that behind and you can pick up your old clothes and put them on and shuffle home and pick up your old suitcase and unpack all your crap and everything that you're trying to not have anymore. That's the choice you have. So the king asks you, what do you want to do? I found this list last week. You can't see it. It's good that you can't see it. It's my socks and underwear. This is my Heshbon Hanefesh list. This is my accounting of the soul list from six years ago. 
I found it tucked under a bunch of papers in my office in the back of a desk drawer. I wrote out a list of things that needed work. Obviously, since it was tucked under my papers in the back of my desk drawer, this is my dirty laundry list. This is my suitcase. This is my old, worn-out stuff. And you know what? It became painfully obvious from from when I read this, I realized, oh my goodness, oh my goodness, I chose the old garment in so many areas of my life. I put back on the old stuff in so many areas of my life. I received a new garment from Hashem that year, a fresh start, a new me, but I didn't chuck the old stuff. I didn't really, I didn't take care of the garment. And after reading that list right here, I realized, wow, I accepted the gift for a while. I wore it with pride for a while. And then I just took it off, went and found my old trash suitcase and put on my dirty socks. And I looked at this list and I'm like, wow, man, judgment, willfully disobedient, insensitive. And this list is long. And man, the whole thing at that point just seemed like it's it's an exercise in futility. But I read the whole list multiple times. And you know what I realized? I'm still wearing some of the new clothes. I'm still wearing some of them. Lazy, I'm not that. Selfish, I'm not that. Self-centered, unforgiving, I'm not that. I'm better because of this process and because of his gifts, because of the opportunity, because of the encounter. And you know what I realized? If you just come as you are and recognize that you have a lot of garments that need replacing, he's going to send you home with a whole new set of choices and opportunities. And even with all of that to choose from in this endless closet of God's goodness, We won't probably be able to sport the wardrobe overnight. You might come home and take something from your old bag, and you might even put on some old, dirty underwear. But progress, my friends. Progress. Make a commitment to return from the trip with at least one new thing that you can wear with pride, knowing your Father gave it to you because He loves you. He wants to see you shine. He wants to see you smile. To go everywhere representing at your best and have people say, you look marvelous. And you say, I feel marvelous. I feel changed. But remember, back at the beginning of this repentance thing, sometime I told you, just just a quarter turn on your tractor can be the start of something so big when you get so far away from where you were. Just a little turn. And the same thing, one little garment from God can change so much because one becomes another, becomes another, becomes another. And one day you wake up and you look at yourself in the mirror and you realize... Thank you, God. I am me, but I'm not me. Because you have transformed me, and that is possible. 
So for the next 10 days, starting tomorrow, and then after, leave it at the door. Leave it at the door. Come as you are. Wear the white temporary robe. Spend some time with your Father in heaven. Receive the gift of even one new garment that leads to another, that leads to another, as you lay down the old and wear the new. Because it's funny, you might think, wow, this is a silly analogy, the clothing thing. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you about clothing and where this all ends. After this, I looked and behold a great multitude that no one could number from every nation, from all tribes and peoples and languages standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed in white robes with palm branches in their hands and crying out with a loud voice, salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. And that garment will be one of perfection that God has prepared for you. But until then, as today, as we're working on wearing these garments of progress, I don't believe God ever expected us to be perfect. I just don't. Rather, we are to be people of progress. That's what real repentance actually is. And when I say real, I mean achievable. You can do it in one thing, if that's all it is. Achievable. It's another favorite quote I have from Rav Simon Jacobson that should be committed to memory for you and for your life and for others that you're discipling. If you're on a spiritual journey and it's completely annihilating your life, something is wrong. A healthy spiritual path is integration and transformation, not annihilation. That is to say, when all you see are the failures, you'll never make progress. When you look at the list and all you can see is, well, I didn't do that, I didn't do that, I didn't do that, but I'm wearing this, I'm doing this, I'm doing this, praise God. And while it would be wonderful to be a perfect person, I don't have it in me and I don't think you do either. Jeremy, I didn't mean to look directly at you when I said that, but... But guess what? Perfection doesn't have to be the outcome for this to be meaningful. One thing, discard one old garment that does not serve you well. One. And look for others. Because the possibilities are endless. And gradually, as I said, one leads to another. You have ascended. You've you packed the bag. Maybe you haven't. You made the trip. Gonna make the trip. And then you wear that with pride. And here's your homework, your conclusion. Pack your bag tonight, or maybe tomorrow, whenever you're going to do it. Here's my bag. Pack your bag. Think about what goes in it. Write it down. Look at it. Don't just think it. Write it down. Pack your bag Look at it. But by Monday, when you hear that shofar, that's the message God is sending you to say, come as you are. Leave the bag. Come as you are. 
whatever you packed in your bag, whatever your deeds, your old clothes you want to discard, whatever you need to change, you packed it, now leave it by the door. And be done with it. Prepare to meet the king, for he is waiting. For as we now know, the king is in the field. Shabbat Shalom. We hope you enjoyed this message of preparation for the High Holy Days. Shalom Macon will be streaming all of our services live on YouTube. Go to shalommacon.org for the complete schedule.